Welcome to the D-Class Moto Podcast. I'm Hayden. We've got Connor. We've got Connor and we've got Dylan Kelly here. It's been our first Zoom guest in a while, so well, welcome to the podcast. What's up, dude? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah it's... I know. We've been talking about this for a while, probably a year. I think we mentioned podcasts every every couple months we talk about it, but... Yeah, yeah it's been a minute, so I'm glad we can finally get it to work out and... Get to, I mean, it's, it's freaking hot in here, Dude, but it's a, we're it's making a it work. Steamer, man. Get a little sauna going, going on right here, but yeah. So anyway, so I guess if we want to just like go ahead and like jump right into it, do you just want to like tell us a little bit about yourself? Like you do, I, I know you do like video and stuff, but kind of like for the people that don't know who you are, kind of explain like who you are and what you do. Um, make this short and sweet. Uh, I was born in Idaho. I can give a whole autobiography real quick. Born in Idaho, lived there until like third grade. Um, my dad's job moved us out to California. Um, at this time, I was still training and racing full time. And I raced all the way up until I was on 85s and then kind of slowed down quite a bit. And then I raced like a year or two of off-road. And I raced like first year in expert. And then I raced a year like pro two. Never really did anything. Um, I just didn't really have the passion that like my brother has for it. So didn't really go anywhere with that. Still in, stayed in high school, um, went through high school. And when COVID hit, I started to pick up a passion for videography. Got a GoPro for Christmas one year and started making a lot of videos. And I was like, all right, I think I'm going to commit to this. I bought a, bought a full camera. Well, not a full camera setup, but I bought a body lens and a microphone and started making videos. And currently at the time, I was a mechanic for my brother. So that's what probably most people know me for is my mechanic TikToks. Um, and yeah, I just, the reason I made those TikToks is because I liked making videos, but I couldn't, I couldn't make good videos and be a good mechanic. So I had to pick one or the other. And my brother's safety as being his mechanic was number one. So I had to make sure the bike was perfect all the time and I couldn't be messing with my camera stuff and have him get hurt. So yeah, that's pretty much background on me. Thanks. So you've only been filming for what, like two years now? Uh, so, I, yeah, like I said, I, I got a GoPro one Christmas. I don't know if it was 2020 or 2019. I think it was 2019. Got a GoPro and used that for five months. Mm. And then I was like, all right, I like this. I'm going to commit to it. And then got a camera with the help of, I spent all my money on it. My brother, I think that was when the stimulus checks came through and oh, my older yeah. brother got it. We've all, we've all bought something off that's of how, That's how we got some of these back <laughs> yeah. here. So. So my brother helped me with his 1200 bucks and man, I've made countless videos for that that guy. He's, he's, yeah, he's always paid got the free, free videos, Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, so he helped me. And then I think my dad, uh, put some money into it too, because to be honest, not a lot of people get to buy the setup or not a lot of people start out with the setup that I started out on, which is a Sony a seven three with a, uh, Sigma, uh, 24 to 70 F 2.8 with a, road video mic pro plus so it's a pretty solid like a yeah. pretty solid starter camera which i'm yeah. grateful to have my yeah for sure coming out with it you know not everybody is in that position you know yeah i mean it, it does make a big difference though like i mean i don't want to talk too much about cameras because <laughs> you know how i am like once once we start talking about cameras i can talk for an hour and then like yeah. everyone listening is like all right shut up we don't care yeah, yeah. but uh yeah i mean uh, you've probably heard it before like a lot of people say like, oh, it doesn't matter what camera you're shooting on. Just yes. like get good content. Yes, I do not agree with that at all. Like, yeah, it, to, to a certain extent. Yeah, I think that once you get kind of in that realm of 1080, 120, that's yeah. about as much as you really need to mess around with. As long as it shoots solid 1080 and 120 frames, you're, you're good. You can make you can make good content with that. And that's really what I do is I just run 1080, 120 and try my best yeah yeah but, you uh dude i just got i don't want to talk about cameras all the time i just got the sony <laughs> a7s3 and dude that camera is like ridiculous so i i used my first camera was the a6300 which is like a pretty decent starter camera that's pretty good um then i got the a7 III, and then uh, i got the a7s3 which like my my boss bought it for me it's not like i just went and dropped like four grand on a camera oh yeah um, yeah but like the the a7 III, like, I mean, I've used it for forever and it's like, 
killer camera. Mm. Um, but I just got this A7S III and it's like, I mean, you can shoot like 240 frames per second. Um, Unbelievable. And yeah. just like the image is like just unreal. Yeah. Um, so if, if you have any... Uh, <laughs> Any uh, option to budget that into or put that into the budget, I would I would highly suggest. Last it. thing about cameras, I think so. This is my plan for the next probably six months to a year. I don't necessarily need another camera for what I'm doing. I'm not shooting any crazy, like intense documentaries or movies or any projects. What I'm doing for Vital is pretty standard YouTube stuff. So you don't really need more than 1080. Mm-hmm. But when I do upgrade, I want to get the FX3. Okay. Um, same, same. It's basically, and and I still I'll have to debate on this for a little while, but it's just I want the solid video body, like meant for video. It's, it's yeah. set up, and then I'll just run my A7 III for photo, strictly photo. Yeah. Um, I'll probably buy a a bigger lens for my A7 III, and then just have that by my side at whatever event that I do. And then my FX3 is my go to is the fx3 is that the one that like it's about the same size as like a regular dslr right like this big it has no eyepiece it's okay yeah yeah. it's not strictly video because i think it shoots 12 megapixel photos but it's it i think it has similar settings to the a73 it shoots yeah so i've actually i've used the fx3 once on a shoot before and from what i can tell it's the exact same camera as the a7s3 um, I mean, so, the A7S III, gosh, I don't want to talk about, well, this is our last little thing. And then I promise <laughs> we're talking about something else. I got, uh, I got stuff to add. The so. A7S III also shoots 12 megapixels. So it's like not a photo camera. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't it's know like that. A, For some it, reason I thought it shot better. I yeah, it's... Man up and by the A1. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> so basically, the reason it shoots such good, which maybe some people that don't like cameras will get something out of this. The reason it shoots yeah. such good video is because it's only 12 megapixels, but... I mean, the sensor is the same size as any other camera, but those pixels are so thick yeah. that it like, that's what makes the video better. From what that's kind of what I'm looking for is I want to be able to crop in. I was doing some stuff for FXR a, couple, a week or so ago and I was shooting 1080 and I just wanted to be able to crop into a shot and have it be a little bit crispier. Yeah. And I mean, people really won't notice on Instagram, but for my personal, I don't know. Like I want the, I'll, I'll notice. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly. yeah, even like, like I've been uploading like a bunch of stuff to TikTok and Instagram that I shot. We, we went out to Redbud a couple weeks ago and I shot some video out there and dude, sometimes it looks like great. And then sometimes I'll upload the exact same type video to TikTok and it's just like, nope, we don't want this to be good quality. And like, I don't know what causes that to happen, but hmm. they're yeah. just like, I think- nah, <laughs> There's settings on both. Uh, I've heard that if you upload it through the browser, um, like you're on your computer, you just drop the file into it, let it fully upload through there, and then post it on that. It'll upload in full quality, but mm. um, that. And then there's a couple settings. Um, I know that Instagram for sure has a setting that you can put high quality uploads as well. And hmm. I think TikTok has a setting in there as well. I've seen that on TikTok, but I mean, it's always on for me, but sometimes like... I don't change any settings when I upload, but like sometimes it looks great. Sometimes it just like looks chunky. And I don't know if it's like my internet while I'm uploading it or something. I don't know. Mm. Maybe off cellular. It's just not as, it's not as easy for it to upload. So it compresses it so it can get it on the internet. And then, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, you said you wanted to add some stuff in. Oh, he's, he was talking about how he's going to get, uh, uh, figured out what he wanted for his camera. He doesn't need a new camera. And I was like, while you were talking about that, I was like, New camera or a kit, you know, it's just like holding <laughs> holding both of those right there. Like I would rather have Hayden, a kit. Hayden's obsessed with a kit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put, put a kit on a 2000 CR 125 and just make it look ridiculous. I think that'd be super cool. But that could be me. sick. I mean, if you save up all your money and <laughs> all, it all of it. Yeah, all yeah. the money. Yeah, I got a couple of bike and projects. I, I don't even think you got to get a kit. You could just send your forks and tubes off to get uh, coded. Which yeah. People would call it a kit, but it's different. A kit is. Oh yeah, a kit well. is massive, dude. The, uh, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know how what uh, the millimeter size of my front forks are, but like, it's at least, you know, at least 20, 30 more millimeters bigger in diameter, no, dude. They're huge. They're huge. Um, a kit is massive. Like, it's incredibly big. Like, yeah, my, makes mine look like you know rear shocks. Like, it's crazy. 
But anyway, so, so would, I'm I'm interested to hear about. Uh, so you said you like grew up riding, and were, were you like growing up like with the like? I know you said you eventually got kind of like not as into it, but like when you were growing up when you were younger, were you like hoping to maybe go pro or something like that or what? Yeah, that was the goal. Um, when I I started riding when I was three years old, so I kind of started out right when you need to start if you're gonna be super successful in the sport. And then I rode multiple times a week. Um, when we lived in Idaho, it was a lot more difficult, like during the winter because it's a four mm-hmm. season state, yeah. um, to be able to like ride and train. So once we moved out to California, it was hammer down and I went to, I never went to Loretta's. Um, like I said, like around 85s, I kind of like started backing off quite a bit mm. and I don't think I was really ever into it as much as, my older brother and i just saw the the stuff that my older brother did i just didn't want to follow that same path you know Mm -hmm. he just didn't it didn't look enjoyable um i liked riding dirt bikes though and it's kind of all i really knew or had access to which it's a great thing to have access to but Mm -hmm. um yeah i just once i hit kind of 14 13 14 i was like you know what I don't know what yet, but it's not dirt bikes for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I think that comes down to a couple things. Um, it is a lot more work than people really realize. And I don't think yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. tired of, I was tired of watching how much money my dad was spending on me go to waste as well as how much he was spending on my brother. Like that combined funding two full race programs is just, it's unreal how much money you dump into it. And, Mm-hmm. It's just, it wasn't worth it having a, that type of relationship with my dad, as well as wasting all that money because mm-hmm. mentally I knew that I wasn't as committed as you need to be to be successful. Mm. Dang. We have props to you for being able to that's a, that's decide pretty, that, especially when yeah. you're so young to like, that's pretty re- mature for a young age person to think like that. But <laughs> yeah. Um, how much older is your brother than you? So he's like, uh the exact it's like four and a half years but I just kind of say it's five years because his birthday's in november mine's in march so it, it's technically four and a half years but okay so yeah quite a bit but with being his mechanic I'm definitely pretty close to him for that age gap yeah for sure <laughs> especially since i grew up racing with him yeah mm-hmm. so d- did you to be his mechanic like how did you learn how to work on bikes just like growing up around him you kind of knew what you're doing or what so when I officially, I was like, you know what, dad, I, I'm not going to race any longer. I'm still going to ride for fun. We can keep a bike around. I just no longer want to pursue this. And that was tough to tell my dad that. Cause I think my dad is probably more passionate about dirt bikes than <laughs> anyone that I know. Like he's probably more passionate than Derek. He's probably more passionate. Than, he's he's way more passionate than me, but it was very tough for me to be like, like that. I, this is not what I want to do. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what I want to do. But I'm no longer gonna waste your money and my time doing this. But I'll I still want a bike to keep around and do it. I have a story like I was 15, 16, about to get my license, and I, I think Derek was on JMC at one point, or he was on JMC at this time. And I was like, oh man, that that new uh, Husky 125 or 150 looks sick. <laughs> he just went out and bought it, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, I appreciate that, but that money possibly could have went to get in a car for me. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'd rather I, have the car than the yeah. dirt bike. I just, like, you just my turned. brother shared a uh, Chevy Colorado all the way up until like maybe six, six months ago. Dang. When we got another little Subaru cross check and that's kind of what I daily <laughs> now. <laughs> Dude, I love that song though. A Subaru cross track. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. Wait, what song? Dude, the song is called Subaru cross track. I think it's by like Young Gravy or something like that, but it even, sounds, sounds high quality. Dude, it's so funny. It's so funny. Well, I'll send it to you after this. Um, shoot, there was someone I was going to ask and I forgot. Um, oh, so, so basically, so after you decided not to do that, like how did you get into like being a mechanic? Oh, sorry, for your completely redirect the subject. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, yeah, so... When I was 15, 16, I was like, all right, I need to get a job. And I was just going to go to like the Albertsons or somewhere and get like a normal job that all my other friends would get, you know, get a normal job dealing with people that nobody really wants to do, but teaches you good, good life skills, yeah. learn how to deal with unpleasant mm-hmm. people. 
Um, oh, that's but my dad was like, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to, you're going to learn how to work on dirt bikes. You're going to learn an important life skill. And so he kind of tossed a wrench in my hand and I learned over the next few months. And my dad is a madman when it comes to fixing stuff. He is the definition of uh, force over finesse. So mm. he taught me a lot on like solving problems, but me and him were able to be a good team because I'd use a little more finesse when working on bikes when he would just want to hammer something together. Um, but yeah, over the, over the course of a year or two, I started progressing and learning and there's not that much. I mean, there's a lot you got to learn when it comes to problem solving, but genuine, like genuinely like working on a bike, it's similar yeah. to like anything mechanically. Yeah. Working, actually turning the wrench isn't really the issue. It's like, getting the feedback from the rider and then applying that to the bike or just like setting it up, um, like with your adjustments and and things like that. Like I, I'm like a technician by trade. I work on cars, but dirt bikes are like, you know, second nature now, but, um, getting the feedback from the rider and then, you know, setting it up is probably the hardest thing. Cause like, yeah, I can, I can buy the, the feedback from the rider. Hayden's talking about himself. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what I need to do at times with my suspension just because it's like, you know, I haven't been on a bike long enough to know that, Oh, I too much rebound. I need, I need less. I need that bike to, you know, squat more when it comes into a braking bump or whatever. But, um, also like diagnosing a problem with the bike, like, Hey dude, I'm missing some, pro- some power. Like, where's it going? You know, it could be just a loose boot on the, on the carburetor or <laughs> for everybody else that runs fuel injection, <laughs> you know, you got a dirty air filter. Like you're running the older 252 stroke, like no, not really any electronics on it. There's yeah. a ECU, but other than that, it's carbureted and, ah, oh, my bike won't start. Let me clean the jets real quick. Or yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The exactly. diagnosing, I guess, is a lot less. So just scaling it up. And yeah. like KTM was a good bike to learn on because there's just so much going on with it. And there's, I feel like the electrical system is pretty simple. Like when it comes down to it, like once I pulled the motor and pulled everything off of the bikes yeah. multiple times, I was like, oh, I know where everything goes. I know yeah. where every part goes on this bike. The hard part. And, and the same thing, honestly, it's not that complicated when you're diagnosing modern day bikes is it's like all right bike won't start let me check the fuse box real quick let me, okay it's yeah. like it's kind of like diagnosing a that? car <laughs> <laughs> my bike didn't get a fuse at all its entire life <laughs> and then if it's really like a lot of the problems people don't realize oh my bike won't start on the ktms the stock wiring harness setup has the starter and everything there's a connector right behind the number plate mm-hmm. and that a lot of times when you wash the bike, it'll get corroded. Dirt will get in there yeah, yeah, and it'll turn all green and, and basically prevent the bike from having the, the positive and negative connection. Yep. And so when you press your, your electric start, you get nothing. nothing. And so yep. they're like checking the battery and checking the back under the seat. But the real issue is up yep. front and the number plate between that connection. Yep. Huh? Yeah, dude, I do that every day at work but yeah. on cars. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> to kind of like change the subject a little bit. So you work for Vital MX now, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that so, a pretty that's that is that a pretty new thing? Yeah, so three I think going I'll be going into no I'll be going into my fifth week working for them next week. Okay. Um this was my fourth full week, I think, or it's like three and a half. Something something in in between that. So yeah, fairly new, under a month working for them. Okay. Um yeah. I saw you got that uh, video of Marv that went kind of viral, right? Yeah. So <laughs> um, whenever we're out on the track doing a separate bike video, it's always kind of the goal of being them being like a media outlet to scope out any potential news or uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but anything that's like, oh, that's out of the ordinary. So when Marv first started like testing, doing R&D, he was on that Husky and People are like, what the heck? Oh, he's, he's switching teams. Like, no, he's just doing some <laughs> R&D, but you can clickbait it a little bit and throw oh, yeah. it out on the yeah. YouTube and it'll do phenomenal because all these moto heads are like, no way, Marv is just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, That's funny. Yeah. So, so like, what are you doing for them mostly? Like, and I mean, every, every lunch break I get on YouTube and like watch YouTube while I'm 
uh, eating lunch mm-hmm. and there's like some new Vital MX video. So I know they do like a ton of content. So like, are you doing anything specific? Or are you doing like all of it or like what? So technically speaking, I am their main videographer and video editor. So really anything like bike intros, um, comparisons between bikes, um, like those Marvin videos, anything, I guess, I want to say like high quality is yeah. coming from me. Michael will go to the races and interview people. So any interviews and stuff, those usually aren't from me from me because you can hear Michael's voice in the interview. He's talking mm-hmm. to the rider specifically at the races. Um, I really have no reason to go to the races and they don't necessarily need me at the races. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of handle everything local, I guess. So like next week, I think I have some of the new Honda 250 shootout or something like that. And so I'll go out there film detail shots of the bike, um, film him getting getting geared up, him getting on the bike, going riding, and then we'll go back, either shoot the interview portion at the track or we'll go back to his house and he'll shoot the interview talking portion, talking about the bike, talking about what's new, talking about how it felt. And then I'll he'll send me over any clips that he has. I'll use all the clips that I have and put together a whole bike intro tested series that – uh, shows the audience like what's new about the new Honda 250 or whatever. Mm, dang. That sounds, that's a lot going on. Yeah, it is. Um, and I guess is YouTube's like their main outlet, right? They have YouTube and then they have their website, their forum. They have a lot actually. And I haven't really dissected through all of it. Cause I kind of mainly stay on the social media side of it. Mm-hmm. So like their Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, I kind of stay on that portion of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have like a whole forum. They have like a parts forum. They have like used parts sales, I think. Um, Hmm. They have just like news stories because they write, Michael writes up all the articles. Not all, I don't know if he writes up all of them. But Michael is the main guy right now. Yeah. um, Doing, he's like the creative director, I think, is his job title. Yeah, I see him all over YouTube doing, doing stuff. So, I always enjoy his, uh, like the, I don't, I forgot what he calls it, but it's like, like speculation of things that are happening. The the rumor mill video. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's like yeah, every, that's every day when I sit down at lunch, like if one of those is up, I'm like, yep, definitely watching that. No, definitely. He <laughs> is. I, I love working with him honestly so far. Like, and I, I talked to him quite a, quite a bit before he pulled the trigger on, um, I guess hiring me. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just fun, fun to work with. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just loves the, he loves potential clickbait, potential like uh, stories. He just loves that stuff. So he's like the perfect person for the job that he has, which is mm. cool to see, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how all that stuff works now. It's like, if yeah. I've heard, uh, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like Gypsy Tales, he, he's like the master of clickbaiting. Oh, and he's even he said, it. he's like, that's just like how it is now. Like you have to clickbait. You have to. And like, as long as like, there's something like some truth to the thumbnail and the title, then like people don't care. Like if you're just like blatantly lying, then people are like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. There's a difference between, I don't know. You see, you see it through YouTube all over the place. If you can properly do it without having those stupid titles where it's like, uh, you remember like 2016, 2017, all the like, youtube videos where just be like all capitals just oh yeah be like epic epic asterisk asterisk yeah best day ever stuff like that once you kind of grow out of that and then you like properly figure out how to write a catchy title then that's that's the proper clickbait yeah nowadays yeah get like oh eli tomek you know interview and it's just like him on tv well it's like you want to push the limit of like how close can you get it without like upsetting the people that are going to watch the video? Cause like, obviously you don't want to do that. You don't yeah. want to make people like, Oh, well this isn't at all what I expected. Yeah. But you can like push the limit and vital. I don't know if, is it you coming up with a lot of those titles or. Um, so I just kind of work together cause he's been doing this for years. Yeah. So I'm technically learning how to like do everything. I, I usually come up with the title and then he, I check with him and he's like, yeah, that sounds good. But like I said, I do most of the high quality videos. So it's like pretty simple titles like review dot, dot, the 
2023 Husqvarna FC 250, you know? So it's not yeah. like super complicated, you know? Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot of those like rumor mill ones that <laughs> you're like, yeah. you really get creative with the clickbait and stuff. Um, I'm going to check on the camera real quick. Make sure it's still recording. Yeah. Go for it. I've actually kind of cooled off surprisingly. And I thought I was going to sweat through this whole thing, but what do you mean? Uh Oh, <laughs> Rut row reggae. We've got it filmed on there, so worst case scenario. Bruh. All we care about is the audio anyway. <laughs> says the, audio the, and then the uh, says the four thousand dollar camera we have set up. <laughs> What's up everyone? If uh you've watched the first little bit of this podcast through the, see we've got us down there, so yeah, we'll be all right. They the big camera kinda had a little glitch out, I think. But we're back and it's rolling now. Probably overheated. <laughs> probably. It is it's like a 150 degrees in here. It's not that hot. Uh, I've, if you haven't noticed, I've been like, like pulling sweat off my forehead the whole, <laughs> the whole podcast. <laughs> bro, it's all cool, bro. It's all If cool. you can see my room as dark as it can possibly be. My mom is like the king of saving money. So <laughs> yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every blind, it is like pitch dark in the middle of the day in our house because she's trying to keep all the heat out. Yeah, oh, man. So everything's Dude, just closed up. If my if anybody up. touches the thermostat at my dad's house, like it, he'll oh, know. Yeah. He'll know. Like he can <laughs> smell it. You know, like oh the AC it, it, it turned on. Why is it on? <laughs> you know, set it. Like 82 all the time. Yeah. Yikes. Um, how hot is it there? Not that hot today. Um, we might actually have beaten you. Oh, we're dead. Well, I'll tell you what, even if you are hotter, if it's hotter there than us, it's still more miserable it's here. Humid. Yeah. It's 90 uh, degrees today. Okay. Yeah. But I bet that's like bearable with like, yeah. just we, like walking you, from like yeah, my we, car to the door. I'm like, just like drenched in sweat. It's, it's like 85, 90% humidity here. Almost the whole Yeah, summer. I haven't really been outside much today. I woke up like 3 45, 4 a.m. and then went and surfed. Oh, dang. From like dang. 6 a.m. to like 8 or 9. And so I wasn't really hanging out outside, or at least when it was hot. So mm. sounds nice. I woke Surfer. up and worked all day. Nice. <laughs> um, so, so there was something else I was going to ask. Um, Shoot. Oh, uh, so you know Dayton Briggs pretty well, right? Yeah, he he lives like just same deal as you guys, like 10 minutes away. Really? Cool. How did you get yeah. to know him? Just like seeing him at the track and stuff? Um. So, yeah, I raced with him back when I used to race. I was actually thinking, I was waiting for you guys to ask a question about him <laughs> because me and him used to race all the time and battle back and forth. So it was kind of funny that he continued on with racing and I kind of switched past, but we're mm -hmm. still in the same industry, I guess, with this with similar I don't know, audiences, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's pretty but cool. Yeah, um, I, yeah, like I said, I grew up racing with him. And then he went to the same middle school as me for like a little while, but he's not super big on school. And <laughs> so what you're saying, he's an idiot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Not super big on school. Um, you're not wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Yo, uh, yo. <laughs> he just, he, he wasn't a big, uh, he wasn't really into the people at the schools. And so he just yeah. went home. He just loved dirt bikes. Dude, yeah. that's hung out that's, with Tyler. And yeah. That's the story of like every dirt bike rider going through like school. Like they don't, they don't really like hang out with people because they, what do they do after school? They go ride dirt bikes. Like, well, dude, no at least like for us, like maybe it's a little different where you are. Cause like you're in like the dirt, dirt bike, bike mecca. mecca, like the Mecca. Yeah. But like where we live, like, no one rides dirt bikes and yeah. like nobody gets it either. Yeah. No, everyone's yeah, nobody like, understands that. everyone's like, you're riding dirt bikes. Isn't that like a thing kids do? And or I'm like, like no, oh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Funny oh, that you say that because like, it's honestly, it's getting better and more popular. Um, like when I was kind of graduating high school, there's more and more uh, of a scene for dirt bikes. But when I was in like seventh grade with Dayton, I think part of the reason why he hated it so much is because nobody really respected the sport yeah and like he would he and i would get in arguments with kids about what is harder baseball or motocross and like we're like are you serious like we're like full-on arguing with these kids at lunch and oh, yeah. he just and they're all like well you just you just sit there and twist the throttle right you I mean and so we get in heated arguments with kids and i finally learned how to like look past it and like like be like okay they don't really understand the yeah. behind the scenes and even today 
like that's taught me a lot because people still don't really understand mm-hmm. a lot of the behind the scenes of dirt bikes and dirt bike racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like looking on TikTok and like seeing comments and stuff like that, they don't understand the behind the scenes and you can't expect them to understand it because there is no direct info on it. Yeah. So all they know is what they see on the internet. And yeah. a lot of the times it's clickbait and false ish information. So yeah, we need like a drive to survive for dude for motocross. We've we've surprised. I mean, we've we've taken a couple people out riding at like our own little private track locally, and it's such a small track for like it's great for like beginners because open space and stuff like that. But like getting somebody out there for the first time on a bike, like totally underestimating the sport, and then oh yeah, you see them out there just like first gear, maybe second gear, if that. And they come uh, back and they're just like exhausted. exhausted drenched in sweat and like, and then we're, we go out there and crush a 30 minute moto and they're like, how is that possible? But yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not crushing any 30 minute motos. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. You are at Joe's. What are you talking about? 30 minute motos out here. <laughs> Dude. I'm riding yeah. like 10 minute motos and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I ride a maximum of like four laps because like my, I got to a certain point where I have like, like i would say like decent speed and so like i can ride over my head for about like three to four laps and then i'm like just exhausted after that yeah. so i'll come out ride for four, yeah three four five laps <laughs> I, was gonna say, great. I was gonna say for 30 minutes i can ride really slow yeah i, I can <laughs> I, mean, I can be I, on the bike for 30 yeah. minutes if you need yeah. me to <laughs> well i mean like i'll go out there and i'll do like 30 minutes like i stayed out the whole session all right so yeah you're, like you're, in, you're in a lot better shape than me so you can but but still like my the intensity like i know what you're saying like you get like four good laps and then you're like smoked like that goes yeah. for like a lot of guys that go out there and ride for fun like you can go out there and ride a whole moto but like you're not gonna like be doing you know anything like you're, you're gonna be like five ten seconds off your you know your fast lap so yeah, um exactly. but yeah if you can go hold like you know four minutes and i mean to get those extra five to ten seconds back is crazy how much effort it takes dude it is so insane like watching watching the pros like you know they hit almost the exact same lap time every single time and they're on you know like different lines throughout the whole the whole lap but um for them hitting like you know two three tenths faster a lap versus like us hitting two three tenths of faster is like it's so different. It's such a different sport at that point. Um, cause yeah. their tenths are like our 10 seconds, a lap difference because, yeah. you know, in order for them to get those like minute amount of speed, it's just crazy. And I mean, you can look at Eli Tomac out there who will throw down just insane laps and then, you know, people have to try and, and either catch him or match his pace. But, uh, it takes just a certain amount of like skill to reach that extra couple tenths, which is yeah, hats off for those guys because, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, pieces to the puzzle. And that's what I was kind of thinking about earlier today. Um, as I was seeing some stuff, like, I mentioned, like, the hydro powder or whatever. Like Oh, hydro powder? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah whatever, whatever the powder is that you're supposed to drink to help prevent arm pump is, like, people don't understand that that's not going to directly prevent your arm pump. Yep. But it's going to allow for more blood flow. It's going to allow for more more flow in your muscles so they don't pump up as quick. But you also can't just come off the couch, drink some hydropower, and be a champ. you got to train and train and train and train. Yep. And then take the hydropower, make sure you're hydrated, make sure you have all your electrolytes, make sure you are fully prepared. And then even then, you still might get arm pump. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Dang. Yeah, we just... Uh, Hydropower just sent us some stuff. We're actually trying it for the first time on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, nice. And yeah. I was, it's, so you're telling me I can't just go like drink it. And, <laughs> and then, dude, I got a 30 minute moto as fast as I can go. What? That, that's what I was False expecting. Advertising. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was supposed to be like, you no, know, so, A class after this. Funny thing about that is because my brother, you probably haven't seen anything about it, but he is 50% owner of True Fusion Sports Recovery. No way. It's a, it's a recovery company. They, they specialize in uh, specialize in recovery companies or recovery products. Sorry, um, I think does, they, does Dayton post like, Dayton post some stuff about them, right? Yeah, so we support Dayton. We support a bunch of other riders, but he's a full time professional racer, and so he can't really focus on promoting something like that at the moment, right? Yeah, his kind of fallback plan is to build that up because that has a super solid base because they have 
pain creams, which help with joint pain, mm. um, any really muscle pain, stuff like that, as well as they have a, my brother developed, well, not developed, but there was a foam that you rub on your arms and it helped prevent arm pump. And like, it made a huge difference for Derek because he was at the level where he's just adding pieces to the puzzle. Right. So mm-hmm. that extra little bit mm-hmm. that the, uh, cream prevented the arm pump allowed him to push harder throughout the moto right and so he had to redevelop it because the other owner had lost formula something something went on between everything and so my brother had to play mad scientist and put all these different potions together to help recreate this uh foam that helps prevent arm pump and so he's working on getting a supplier to make it and bottle it and so that way he can start selling it to people but that's dope huh that's same concept as the hydropower it's not gonna prevent your arm pump 100 percent, but it's gonna add another piece to the puzzle to help dude if the blood flowing and if they ever come up with something to like mitigate arm pump for like any like any any like maybe not permanent but like well there is a solution to that it's called be in better shape <laughs> exactly there is no <laughs> no, no, no 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 i'm gonna pill, not some I'm gonna like pill supplement my way through this entire process <laughs> you like, need a bro, <laughs> we're gonna go on, be like, out there like roid rage like i'm i can finally do a full 30 yeah. minute moto dude I'm, 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 that, that wouldn't even work either because exactly. that's gonna contract all your blood yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <So>. dude <laughs> well like i'm just gonna supplement my way through this giant arm you're gonna have like you're gonna walk up to the track and pull out your like the monday through dude, saturday dude, like, like pill, the, box. The pill bottle you just throw a couple like, right. and then like take a splash of that hydropower and then you know Open like rub some yeah like throw some cream on my arms out, yeah my tear off oh man yeah. oh. anyway but yeah arm pump is probably the biggest problem for like dude, for us like th- maybe this is just because we're so out of shape but like like I'll go out there and like first like two minutes of riding, it's like I it starts flaring up and then like once I go back to the truck and like sit. rest for like yeah. ten minutes and then go back out like then I'm usually like good for, which obviously I'm also not like pushing it to the limit. Another thing but, to that is warming up your arms, mm. right? So yeah, that's probably a good idea. You, if you if you go like a quick oh oh all right we're good to go moto. You got you to gotta account for the vibration. You got to account for like Dude, yeah. the pulling force. You got to, you can't just do a quick little muscle forearm stretch. Yeah, I don't even do that. Be <laughs> gotta, kick the bike. Yeah, my warm up's warm-up. like kickstarting the bike. That's my warm up. <laughs> you got to pull oh, David's up your here. forearms and get that blood flowing before you go out there and it goes from zero to 100 really quick. That's why you notice that when you first go out, you get it quicker than when you go out the second time because second time your blood has started to flow already and it's going to be more prepared for the yanking and pulling and it definitely makes sense what are we yanking over here (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i i've honestly like i never thought about that so yeah that makes like i mean i'm too lazy to like warm up or anything so maybe we should start doing that (laughs) yeah honestly yeah well not only that but i went so i've been trying to train a little bit more and exercise um and just kind of like get in better shape so that way when I hop on the bike, there's less room for error or like injury. Um, because I've already been injured too many times on a dirt bike, so I gotta work. Work's already pissed <laughs> off at me enough for being in the hospital like two times for being on bikes, so they're like, you know what, you need to like chill out. And I'm like, well, I don't want to, I still want to ride. Like, if I get hurt, I still want to get back on the bike, but. I just been running a lot more and like the leg strength. So when we went to South Fork, um, a couple weeks ago, I noticed a difference and I was able to stand a lot longer just from like running and then just doing leg exercises. Uh, nothing like crazy, but just, you know, simple like cardio, like it'd be, cr- it is, it is actually noticeable how quickly your body will change and adapt to just like exercise and then getting back on the bike. It, it might only help you like 10 minutes throughout the moto, but like that is noticeable for me. But well, one thing that I've noticed too, is like, as far as like, which like, obviously I'm like, never going to be even like a close to like a pro rider, but like I'm trying to at least like B get, class would be, super well, I'm trying sweet. to at least just like get better for myself. But one thing I've realized is like, because of like, I get tired so quickly out there. Like I know what I'm doing wrong, like form wise, but I just like don't have the 
like yeah. endurance to like, like I'm like, Oh, my elbows are down. Then I pull them up and I'm like, Oh, I'm like sitting too much. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'll stand up more than this. Oh, now my elbows are back down. Oh, my feet are just dangling. Yeah, off and that's the pegs when it gets and, dangerous. Is yeah. because yeah, once you start making those mistakes, those little mistakes turn into way bigger mistakes, and they yeah. can put you on your ass really quick. And <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what's dangerous sure. for me is because I can ride at this pace, but I have to pull off after four or five laps because if I slip my hand off the handlebar going through these rollers it's not gonna be good it's yeah be oh, yeah. Pretty, you know? yeah and that also so. goes like the skill levels so, like obviously we're we're still d-class kind of riders but um if you have the speed to be a b-class or an a-class rider like you know what you have to do in order to ride that the the risk just becomes so much more elevated because like sure we're not we're not hitting big triples like you guys are or, or like like big jumps like we're hanging third gear open um sometimes we're not even like we're not sending anything as big, but like when you get to those levels, the room for error is so much smaller because you have also, like, I also feel like they're like, once you're at that level, like you're so much more in control. Yeah, sure. If you look at someone like Eli Tomac, for example, yeah, he never, he like never gets injured. And he's also he's like a clip of him off of uh Mount Marvin or Mount Martin. Um, he like, goes yeah, where he like went like, like, yeah, like super yeah, sideways, like fully sideways off of it. Just like stuff like that, if that happened to any one of us, oh, dude, we would be <laughs> down the hill and cartwheeling and dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the amount of like core and leg strength that it took to bring that bike back, yeah, on demand is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah and then People still land on the throttle that. and like <laughs> act like it didn't even happen. Like yeah. if if I, which I would never even be able to get myself into that position for that to happen, <laughs> but if I ended up somehow going off of something like that, my heart would be like. In my throat. Yeah, the bike and would then be I, over there. I'd if I here. somehow were to like pull off not dying, I would be like, all right, well, I'm not riding for like a month. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Like I, I went over the bars. I ended, um, I overshot this jump. And when I landed, my front wheel hooked in some like really soft, like tacky dirt that hadn't been like ridden on yet. So it buried and I went over the bars and the bike landed on me. Um, mm. But like... I went to the hospital for that and I checked out. Okay. Um, I definitely know I have tear like a tear in my shoulder, like either my rotator cuff cause it's coming back to haunt me already. And it's been not even a year. Um, but that, that crash could have been like way worse if, you know, I was either less experienced or, you know, just not in any better shape, but well, like I was talking to my dad about this actually last weekend when I was home, which like you might be able to give some input on this since you were kind of like at like kind of like the topish level during this period. But like, like for, for us, like we didn't really ride until like a year ago. Like I rode in middle yeah. school, but like, I don't even really count that. Cause like we didn't really know what we were doing. Like we've been like riding for really only a year. And like, I feel like when you've been riding since you're like three or something like you have, um, like you kind of like move past that like fear of like for me it's like if i'm like eyeing up some like triple or something it's like well if i fall then that means i can't work tomorrow which like my boss isn't gonna be happy about that and like yeah. and then i might be like you know not be able to move around for a while yeah. if i crash but like when you're seven or eight you're just, just like, like you know like, that's not even a thought you're just like yeah. oh yeah and i feel like a lot of these like to become like a like pro level rider you have to like break that fear be past that fear yeah. before you're old enough to like Rationalize realize yeah. like that like oh this is really dangerous yeah definitely yeah definitely. um like when i ride a bike nowadays um i don't really think about much like i think about a couple form things like because when i was derek's mechanic i was around his trainer all the time and i would see what he'd be correcting derek on and other riders on mm -hmm. and i'd be like oh i do the same thing yeah <laughs> i do exactly what i'm not supposed to do so like Sometimes I'll be thinking about getting my weight farther forward, or just some stupid things that will make me maybe smoother through a corner or something like that. But like the general like riding, I don't think about that much when I ride. I kind of just do it and it's muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And the thing with only riding for a year, you only see so much terrain yeah. and you only see so many different like obstacles that you don't know how your bike's going to react when yeah. you hit that triple. You don't know how that your bike's mm -hmm. going to react when you hit a kicker or something like that. I can pretty much 
ride around a track and be like, okay, that's sketchy. I need to stay away from that. And if I do hit that, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to kick this way, you know? And that also comes into like knowing how your suspension is going to react. That's a whole nother kind of ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being able to predict how your bike and how you yourself are going to react to something is just, it comes with time right yeah. on the bike. And yeah. so only riding for a year, you're pretty good to be honest. Like people don't realize how much time it takes to really progress. And yeah. Yeah. Especially like for us, like, I mean, we're, we're lucky if we ride two Saturdays a month, probably, especially right now, like, dude, it costs us like, like you're probably like really close to like all these different tracks and stuff. Like the closest decent track for us is like two hours away. Yeah. And so we're spending a full tank of gas yeah, over a hundred dollars in fuel just for the car. Yeah. Just for the car. Then you have to buy fuel for the bikes and then, you know, $30 $30 to ride. So like we're spending, we split up gas and stuff. It's still like about a hundred dollars anytime we want to ride. Yeah. So it's like ridiculous. We got to like make it worth it when we go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's a whole day thing too. It's not like you can just go, Oh, we're going to go hit the track, you know, tonight. Yeah. We can't go like after work or something. Yeah. Kind of why I barely ride anymore because it's not, I'd rather wake up early, get my car, spend $40 in gas going to the beach because it's like an hour and a half away for the beach for me. That's kind of like similar deal for you, yeah. but it's free to go in the ocean. Yeah. It's free for me to like, like I got my surfboard for free, right? Like there's just, it's a lot less cost involved with progressing at say snowboard or surfing than going to the track. And like, I feel like I'm at a point where I'm not really trying to get better at dirt bike riding. I can't just ride for fun and, yeah. oh, you want to go trail ride or, oh, you want to go here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll come out and ride for a little bit. It's more of a social we'll thing at the end of it. But I can totally see the itch to get better at riding dirt bikes. It's just a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For true. me, it's, oh, I want to go surf. All right. A few bucks in gas, a few bucks in food. And I'll go surf and progress at that. And I kind of like, I feel like my passion towards surfing or snowboarding or another sport that I never really did when I was younger is the same thing that you guys feel about dirt bikes. So yeah, yeah, it is your, your hobbies kind of like progress the older you get and like the more you do things. Cause it's like, I got pretty burnt out doing like in Michigan, we'd go fishing like all the time and I haven't even been fishing yet this year. Like we'd go fishing like every weekend and I got kind of burnt out of that. And like, you just go through like phases and like hobbies and stuff like that. Like that's pretty normal for like dudes like us. But, um, yeah, with moto, like you've been in moto your whole life, like, and now you get to go surf and like do snowboarding and other things like a hundred percent. You're all, you're all, you're all for that. Cause it's, it's something different. It's a new set of skills that you, you know, you get to learn and like, uh, you're off the bike. So those skills aren't really going to pertain to this new yeah. activity. So you're working new muscles, you're working new functions or whatever you call it. But, um, it's just fun doing different things. Exactly. That's why like most people don't really see it, but like it's usually like 20% dirt bikes and 80% other. Yeah. BS me. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> and that can include like filming or just editing or podcasting. I know like Connor and I have been doing this podcast for almost a year now, um, which is kind of crazy to think about, but we've grown this podcast from nothing to what we have it today, which I mean, this is still still not anywhere near where we want it. No, 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 no. no. But this is a small podcast. And like, I know, I know a handful of people out here that have podcasts and like, it doesn't really go anywhere because finding the community or the crowd to watch what we do, it's very niche, but very difficult. Um, and that's what I've struggled with switching over to filming yeah. is my videos do nowhere near as good as they used to because I built such a specific fan base and yeah. like mechanics that people are like, Oh, that's cool. You're following your passion, but I don't really give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting because I think, I think the first time I saw you on TikTok you were talking about like camera gear and like filming dirt bikes. I was like, Oh, that's sweet. I'm going to follow him. So I can learn more about that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's funny. So, I mean, you have at least one fan that cares about the <laughs> filming stuff. <laughs> well, it, probably, it probably pertains to you more because you like dirt bikes and you like filming. Yeah. But think yeah. about the people that like dirt bikes and they like mechanics, like for a while, like people would be blowing my phone up. Oh, how did you become a mechanic? How did you learn this? How did you learn that? Oh, my bike's broken here. You know how to fix it. And it's like, 
I don't think I've gotten a DM hitting me up about anything camera related in a minute, which I, it, <laughs> Connor be your first one. <laughs> Connor will kick that fire right yeah. off, you know, <laughs> but like, it's just interesting. And I understand, like, I understand why, but it's just, I'll be interested to see how it grows over the next yeah. year or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, I'm going to try not to pull this back into too much camera talk, but um, do you like is moto like the thing that you film for fun or like do you have like any other stuff yeah, that you, you like to film? You film surf or anything? Moto like that? is my first but like second form of income when it comes to uh like because I'm a full time videographer, photographer, mm-hmm. like whatever you want to call it. That's what I do full time. I mean, realistically speaking, I still live with my parents, I don't have any mortgage or whatever. Hold on, I'm about to like cough, <laughs> need some water. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna need some water when we get done with this. I've been, I've been sipping, so we, we are. Good. But <clears throat> what I was saying was, I work full time as a videographer, and so first form main form of income is from Vital MX. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, I worked with WTP Motorsports. They are the company that took over Paris Raceway, okay. um, and they I completely I built their YouTube channel from like zero to like 1200 something subscribers. So it's like pretty decent for YouTube, right? It's difficult to build a platform on YouTube. But anyways, I worked for them for a while and then I got in contact with vital and did a couple things for them. And I always focus a lot of my energy on moto because that's what I have the most access to, right? Being out here in California, my brother, professional racer. So before I worked for Vital full time, I kind of just did random stuff for different riders and all that. But another thing that I do is real estate. So one of my best friends, his dad owns a real estate photography company. And okay. so he he's like number one in Southern California. And so he does property after property after property. And I do, I basically brought video to the table because he does photography I knock out the video. He has his other photographers. I'm currently working on getting my part 107 for drone uh, stuff. Okay. You have your part 107? No, I have a uh, I have that little like Mavic Mini that's under 250 grams, oh, okay. so, so I can like fly it anywhere. Also, like I I don't ever use drone footage. Yeah, I, I I used to, and then I don't know. I just like stopped using it, and like I'm never touch the drone anymore but i'm sure for like real estate stuff that's like huge yeah. real estate it's a big big money maker and so i recently did started learning the photography portion because they were out of town and they needed an extra photographer so now i do video photography or yeah video photography 2d floor plan scans and that stuff makes it killing like oh yeah, yeah. unbelievable like i think last week i or yeah, last week or the week before i had two shoots each shoot took me like two ish, two and a half hours max, and I mean an extra eight hundred bucks. Yeah, and I don't have to, I don't have to edit any, any of the footage. I send it out to editors. I send oh, that's it. the best. That's pretty. Because pretty I, it, it's not. He's kind of the category of quantity, and it's not bad quality, but it's just quantity over char- like charging somebody a crazy amount for a super high quality video. Yeah. It's not really his. Not what they're looking for. Well, yeah, I guess I mean if you're trying to sell a house, like the buyers aren't going to be like, "Oh, this is so cinematic." Like this looks exactly. They just want to see what the house looks like. Exactly. So he makes a killing in that, and so I just help him out with the video and now photo and 2D, and so I just I've been slacking on getting my drone drone commercial license. So they get that, and then I'll be kind of their only person that does all or aspects other than Matterport, but Matterport's like maybe $1,500, $2,000. So <laughs> if I wanted to really... Hard pass. Hey, I mean, you might, you might be there soon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, so hopefully, or not hopefully, but oh, in the next few months, I'll be doing a lot of real estate as well, so... Yeah, nice. And that's an easy, like like I said, two shoots took me two and a half hours each, extra, yeah. almost yeah. $1,000. My little brother Michael does that. He uh he went to college and got he got his private pilot's license first because you gotta do that to fly, uh like commercial drones and stuff like that. So you have, to have a pilot's license. Yeah, you have to have a, a pilot's license. Private pilot's license. How's your part one hundred seven? Part one hundred seven. It's like a, I don't think it's private pilot's license, but it's there's different levels to it because you have like your pilot's license. Yeah. Where you're like flying planes and you got to go through ground school. Yeah. But the part one hundred seven for commercially flying a drone. 
is you gotta you gotta learn a mix of everything. You gotta learn a little yeah. bit about airport operations and um, like radio communications, as well as certain drone regulations and other charts, reading charts, and so yeah. it's kind of a mix. That yeah. way you're, I guess, uh, educated in the flight airspace. Yeah, you're not gonna have like a an a fighter pilot like suck up your drone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty gnarly. Like it's a lot of money going in, into yeah. a lot. The funny thing money. about the whole situation is you can't legally fly over um, 400 feet with a without a permit, without a certain waiver that you have to contact the FFA or yeah. FAA or. And so no plane is flying under 400 feet anyways. So yeah, you're really not. Yeah, all just a money grab, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's crazy too how like I mean those drones have gotten so high tech that. I had a Phantom 3 before I got this drone. And like uh, we were flying it on the lake one day out on Percy Priest. We were just like chasing my buddy's boat, like getting some footage uh, for like a fishing video. And the drone just like stopped in the middle of the lake. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what is it doing? And like, it was like, it was like hitting an invisible wall. And then I was like looking on the thing and I realized that it was because we were like within five miles of the airport or something. Oh, and it yeah. like the drone picked it up and it was like, I'm not going any further than that. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. So it's like levels of danger, but also like having your part 107, you can call into a a control tower and oh, like, like, hey, I need to video this area. I'll be done in X amount of time and I won't go above X amount of feet and they'll clear you. So, huh. You're cool. like, hey, I'm landing my drone on the runway. Clear, clear it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're parking this thing. <laughs> yeah. Get the hangar ready. Yeah, right. Oh, I was man. gonna ask. So, you you work full time as a videographer, right? Yeah. So, so I actually just got a new job. I've been doing it for a little over a month now. Um, okay. I work for a UFC fighter that lives here in Nashville. Uh, he's he's got. We're starting a podcast um, for him. Um, and then he also does like a bunch of fitness videos and stuff. Um, so I just started working full time for him. Before that, I was working for a company that produces fishing TV shows down on the Florida Keys. Um, and I mean, that was obviously like a blast to do that too. Um, and I got to, I, I originally got that job as more, it was more like a marketing position and then also helping with their podcast stuff. But I started getting into like uh, shooting on all their shoots, doing the slow motion cam. Mm -hmm. um, I shot it all on the A7 III and I mean, it, we got like some killer stuff with it. And Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, now I, I do. It's, it's like, I guess it's weird because like I'm not like a freelancer and like what I do like a lot, like it's definitely got like some marketing involved with it. And like, it's not just like. I'm like there with the camera every day. Um, but a big part of what I do now is, uh, yeah, like doing video film stuff. So yeah. Nice. Nice. It's fun. I will say, uh, which like we're probably, dang, we're already at an hour. Uh, we should probably wrap up for too long. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, be careful with getting into, I guess shooting professionally, something that you love because, which maybe this is just for me, but, I love shooting fishing stuff for fun. Like that was like how I like got into doing video. Um, and then I started working professionally in in the fishing industry doing video stuff. And it was like, well, now the last thing I want to do is go like film Fish. my fishing stuff for fun. Yeah. yeah. And like e it even made me not even want to like go fishing because like we'd spend a week doing a shoot out on the water and then I'd, you know, be like, it wasn't miserable. Like it was like, there were some long days. Like you would wake up at 5 a.m. You're on, you're, you know, 60 miles offshore until 6 p.m. Like you're pretty wiped after all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I'd finally make it back to Nashville. And my buddy's like, hey, you want to go fishing this weekend? I'm like, no, definitely not. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah, can, it's like, yeah, you want to go fishing? Like, you can bring the camera and we'll have a good time. It's like, no and no and no. And like, <laughs> so, I mean, like, hopefully like i mean you've probably been doing it for long enough too now though where you can like probably balance that well but like now like yeah sorry, um well, like moto i already kind of didn't really ride that much on my own anyway so it doesn't it doesn't ruin anything like i the reason i chose videography is because 
I'm up on my feet most of the time other than editing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm out in the field doing something and moto is killer to shoot. Like it is yeah, so, yeah, so like cool. the action oh, keeps yeah. my mind like moving, right? And so you have that as well as like real estate, that's just whatever. Like I don't it's I just do it for that. Exactly. So I chose moto because it is there's a lot of action involved with it and I know the industry very well and I have a lot of access to um, people in the industry. So yeah, it was like my easiest and and that's why I was able, I feel like doing it for the amount of time that I've done it, I've made pretty quick progress. And yeah. So it's just, yeah, I was, I was surprised to hear that you had only been filming for like two years and like, you're already like at the level you're at. So that's pretty impressive. Pro- yeah. Props to you. I, I will say So like when we went, we went to Redbud, uh, I guess that was like almost a month ago now. Yeah. That was the first time I'd ever shot any type of dirt bike video like i hadn't even like shot video like at our local track of us goofing off and like uh-huh. dude i had so much fun yeah like i can't we're, we're trying to go to iron man uh we're gonna go to loretta's and i mean shoot that's in like a right. week yeah because i mean loretta lens it's only like an hour from us that's actually that's probably the closest track to us and like we can't even ride it you see what's up to daytona Oh, yeah. we're going to try and do like an in-person podcast with them. So, oh yeah, we're, we're getting the media passes and everything. We're going to be like, actually, we're full. not getting the media passes. Oh, oh, oh so yeah. I, I take it back. <laughs> I looked into it, which like, maybe I shouldn't be like saying this, but, uh, I was trying to get a media pass and they had like all these rules about like, which like, you probably know how it is like from filming. Um, but like, it was like, you can't post any race footage without like consent. written consent from racer TV. And I was like, well, how, how am I going to get that? And so yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to like be a fan and just like I'll just shoot from, you know, three feet further back than the media team is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're not yeah. getting media passes now. That's fine. With the only media. thing that's cool about having like a track pass is just the immediate access to certain stuff. Like you can, be, oh, I bet, you can yeah. get good shots in the uh, crowd, but the hardest mm-hmm. part is like navigating mm-hmm. through the oh, crowd. Yeah. Right? So like getting from this corner of the facility to this corner, you've got to walk all the way up and around or fucking over the river across yeah. the fucking desert. Like, yeah, we, we definitely did <laughs> that at Red Bull. Yeah, we did a lot of walking. <laughs> so, and also too, like, I mean, like, like I was trying to get like some cool footage, like at the gate and stuff. We were at Red Bud, like, packed. like you're not getting anywhere near that. No. Yeah. Um, you got to sit there like 10 minutes before they even put bikes on the gate before, and like, in order to see it. Yeah. So like, I mean, obviously it would be great to have a media pass, but like, with like all of the legalities of it, I was like, this seems yeah. too confusing. I'm just going to, like, I don't want to be like, like every time I post a TikTok, like needing consent from. It's not that dude. They just do it for their own protection. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. But like it, like, I don't know. There was like some yeah. details. Like, I don't know if I really want to deal with that. I had a so. YouTube video get flagged for copyright, but it was, it didn't make sense because it was like, as I um, Seattle, Washington filming some stuff for WTP and one of their writers that they support. And it got flagged on YouTube for like a copyright strike. And it was like round 11 Indianapolis segment here to here. And I was like, what? That doesn't even make sense. So they like just pick up random uh, info through the video and like huh. try to yeah. match it up. Yeah. Because, well, like that's on a different level, like Feld, Feld Sports or whatever they like that whole. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot more going on than just Supercross, right? They yeah. have so much, so much. Yeah. Ugly. So they've got like probably the stuff in place to like. There's probably like some bot that picked that up, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So with like Loretta's, you'll be chilling no matter what. Like it's not that dope. Well, yeah, we're going to go and I mean, hopefully, hopefully I can like take a day off work and do some filming and stuff, but that'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up. I can see my camera is flashing that the battery is about to die. So <laughs> last time we shot a podcast, it was like, I put a full battery in it. And like when we were done, it was at like 75%, but now I don't know what the deal is with it. It's probably just because you know how those cameras are. Yeah. yeah, it's probably just like the fans are like full blast. Yeah. But anyway, Dude. really, really appreciate you coming on. Like, yeah, it's been a this, blast. This is a blast. We'll have to do another one or something. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, that was fun. It was definitely cool. I think see feedback on this one, see what people want to like hear more about. And yeah. then it can kind of go from there. Yeah, for like, sure. Be yeah. Fun to do another one for sure. Yeah, let's do it. Um, are you going to any more like pro races this year? You're probably going to, um, isn't the finale like probably right by you? Yeah, I'm gonna go to Fox for sure. Um, like I said, I don't have any real reason to go, and like the pro races are fun, but like I don't go as a fan anymore. It's usually for work. So yeah. like, Fox one, I went to work for like Big Forty Nine Radio, or whatever. But um, if I do end up going to one, 
I'll let you guys know. But yeah, so that, <laughs> that, that was one of the other, that was one of the other rules on, uh, for like the media pass for Loretta's. It was like no cheering from like inside the media area. And I was like, like yeah, that's I'm, not. Gonna I'm not going to be like filming and like Dayton's going to go by. I'm be like, yeah, let's go. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be able to like contain myself from doing that. And then yeah. just boot me out yeah. anyway. Dude, so you couldn't get me to not cheer. Like, yeah, I'm gonna see a super midi hit the cheer, the triple. Yeah, I'll be cheering for everyone. Dude, yeah. Can you be? Are you allowed to just nuts. cheer for like? Yeah, like, <laughs> go team. Um. Anyway, the cameras died, so uh, we should probably yeah. wrap. It'll be good. But yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. It was this was a very quick hour. And, yeah, uh, I went by real quick. Yeah, we'll have to uh, do some more. I'm about to have to wrestle this tire onto my bike. So <laughs> we, yeah, uh, it would be, it'd be funny to do like a you could change the tire and I'll walk you through changing the tire, give you all the tricks for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> tire, Seriously, but. last time I got about eighty percent through it, and then I just gave up and went to the dealership. So yeah. oh man, <laughs> we're gonna make it work this time. Yeah. You gotta get all the right tools. You gotta have the. We got. We got. Pretty, I got like the got little the right tusk kit. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if we have like the best tools, but no. Well, we want, I want to get a tire stand, but we don't go through enough tires to like need that kind of stuff. So we yeah, just exactly. suck it up and put it on a bucket. Yeah. But anyway, dude, it's been uh, it's been real talking to you. Appreciate your time. We'll uh, we'll catch you later, dude. For show. Sure. See you guys. All right. Peace, See you, dude. See you later.